Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. And this is Dimity in Denver. So, Dim, Molly ran her marathon yesterday. Oh, yeah, Molly. Woo-woo. Yeah, How'd yeah. it go? Yeah, so, um, so, so for those of you who um, might not know, Molly's my running partner, and she rocked it. She rocked it. Her goal time was 4.10, which would have been about an 11 or maybe even a 12-minute PR. Oh, she ran 4.09. So, wow. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So, um, so get this. So come downstairs yesterday, you know, I, I'm not getting up to run long because Molly's not there. And so, but, um, come downstairs and there are six texts and I'm like, oh my gosh, what, what's up? And she forgot her GPS watch. How do you do that? <laughs> she, I mean, yeah, we, the- her mother was um, giving her, it's a local marathon. It's called Vernonia Marathon. It's about, um, they had about an hour drive ahead of them. So out, it's west of the city and to a very lovely rural um, area. And so her mom showed up 15 minutes early and just got her kind of flustered and was oh, sure. like asking her all sorts of questions and kind of pestering her. And finally, Molly sends her mother out to the car to wait for her. And so, um, yes, so she forgot. So she texted me and um, was like, her main thing was, can I do it on Strava? So she had her phone with her. She had headphones. She was, you know, going to be listening to music. And so... Um, so I talked her down from the ledge. I texted her and said, yes, you can totally do Strava. I said, and I like gave her the directions on how to make her Strava talk to her, literally talk. Mm-hmm. Because hers, when we run together, mine is the one that'll say two miles, you know, um, the last mile in, you know, 947 or whatever. So, but hers doesn't say that. So I taught her how to go into the settings and do that. And she very wisely set it to tell her every half mile, which wouldn't have occurred to me because mine's set for a mile. And so, you know, and I told her, you know, that she's exceptional at running by feels. When we're running together, she can always, I reminded her, she can always tell when we're going too fast. I reminded her to not go out too fast because she has a tendency to do that. And she's a very peppy runner right from the get go. So just kind of, you know, gave her some pointers and my goodness. So, um, so two funny stories. One was that she was, um, running and she, and it was a very small marathon. There were fewer than 400 people in it. And so she's running and, and, um, finally is with a couple guys who are maniacs. There were definitely a lot of marathon maniacs there because, you know, um, the timing of the marathons works out well for maniacs, you know, cause if they're going to have to find marathons every weekend, I, um, you know, they do a lot of kind of small offbeat ones. Sure. And so she catches up with a couple of guys and she's like, Hey, you know, I forgot my GPS. Um, I'm just curious, what pace are we running now? And one guy goes, Oh, my battery died. And the other one was like, Oh, I forgot to turn on my Strava. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's like, well, what good are you? Uh, <laughs> and then, but then the other thing is, so she was, I don't know, in the, definitely in the last 10 K and she could see that for a really long time, see this woman in bright pink socks. And I assumed she, when she was telling me the story, I assumed she meant compression socks and she sees this woman and she said, Molly said that this woman was a good distance ahead of her. And she thought, oh, I'm never going to catch her. But then she's inadvertently is reeling her in. And when she finally catches up to the woman, the woman has shifted to walking. And so Molly playing the role of, you know, Sarah or Dimity, the encourager is like, um, hey, you know, you've been doing, you've been running so strong. Come on, keep it up. You've been doing such a great job. I know you got this in you, whatever. And then one was like, oh, you know, all right. And so uh, she started running and they were kind of together for a while. And then the woman got a tiny bit ahead of her. The woman ends up finishing 20 seconds ahead of her. Oh, uh-huh. well, it turns out that that woman in the pink socks was the first place runner in their age group. And Molly was the second place one in the age oh, group. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, that's just good karma she's put out in the world. She's going to oh, yeah. come back to her in spades. Oh, I think so, too. But it was so funny because when, um, so our good friend Joanne Godfrey was, um, at, went down and watched her. That's my kid's kindergarten teacher. And she went down to 
um, I think the race ended in Banks, Oregon. And so she went down to Banks to cheer on Molly. And so she had, uh, Joanne had uh, texted me a picture of Molly holding up her second place A Troop, you know, um, uh, ribbon. And so I was like, oh, that's so awesome. And there was a part of me that thought, oh my gosh, I hope like the first place one was like, you know, 20 minutes ahead of her. Oh no, oh, that'd be no. 20, 20 seconds. 20 seconds. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Wow. Wow. Well, that's awesome though. I mean, what a good effort for her. So wait, so she said she wanted to run a four. She wanted to run a four oh nine. Yeah. And she ran a four oh nine. That's great. And honestly, I think it's really I think losing the GPS was probably a blessing. You oh, know? I, oh, I, mean, I definitely think she, so. Yeah. She had to run just off of feel. And mm-hmm. I think that that's, you know, I mean, just think back. I mean, even when I did that post about the New York City Marathon, which I ran in well, I guess it was 1997. So it was like <laughs> close to 20 years ago, so way back in the day. But, you know, I wrote, I wrote a post about it. There was no GPS. There mm-hmm. was, there was none of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it was still just fine. You yes. know, like mm-hmm. you still have, you know, I mean, I, I feel like um, we get a little too wedded to our numbers. Oh, so, sure. Oh yeah. We've become so too rely on our technology. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so I knew she was going to do great without it, but she was definitely flustered. And it was particularly very funny because the reason there were six texts from her was because her phone kept auto correcting when she would uh, t- try to type Strava. Cause I guess, unlike me who types Strava a lot, you know, oh, it ought sure. it, 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 uh, Oh, STR, you must mean Strava, Sarah. And yeah, hers, yeah. hers was like ST stove, ST, you know, all these oh, other geez. things. Well, and you know what? So I ran yesterday with, um, uh, I did two runs this past weekend while Molly was going um, 26.2. I was going about, you know, 6.4 total oh, over awesome. two days. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ran with this Fit for Mom group here, which is kind of like a stroller strides um, here. And I ran one run in Denver on Saturday morning. And then I did one run up in Windsor, which is near Fort Collins on Sunday afternoon. Nice. And um, and the, both times I ran with somebody who had, GPS on and I just had my Strava Mm -hmm. and uh and I said you know so I said oh I think we did about uh, oh there was someone with us each time too who didn't have anything on Mm -hmm. them or they you know they're very into their um intervals so they always have an interval they all have their interval timers because we did both days we did five minutes running two minutes walking times five that's Mm. where they are they're training for a 5k mother's day 5k anyway that's a long way of saying and I was like, oh, well, I think we did 3.6 on Strava. That's what this says. But that's sometimes a little ambitious. So probably like we did probably 3.4. And um, and both times the, the people were like, no, that's that's what my GPS mm-hmm. does too. Like I think Strava has kind of struck out some kinks. It's they, much more accurate. Oh, most definitely. And so I assured Molly of that in a text because I, I found the exact same thing you did, which is that it used to be a little bit glamorous and it would be telling me I'd be running faster and further than I really was. <laughs> yeah. and, and, um, wow, and, <laughs> eight fifty-four miles for eight miles. Yeah, right. that's oh. that, sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm I'm thirty-five again. Um, and uh, no, so I said, you know, I said to her in the text, I'm like, and trust me, it's really close to accurate. It might be a couple seconds off on your pace. It might tell you you're going a few seconds faster per mile than you really are, but it's pretty close to dead on. So, um, yeah, so she just, I mean, I'm just, and the main, main reason I'm so proud of Molly is because, or so pleased for Molly is that she now knows she has the quantifiable numbers that tell her, that assure her that she is as competent and strong as I've always known she was. Mm-hmm. And that that she just was she had a lot of self doubt, sure. and um, so that really got you know uh, left by the wayside in Vernonia yesterday. So in I'm, Vernonia, yes, in Vernonia. Yeah. and I shouldn't give her a hard time for forgetting her GPS because when you get sucked into that mom vortex where they like, <laughs> what are you doing and what's how's this and da 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 da, and you're like, wait a second, You've, I've totally lost my groove. And then I was like, oh, thinking back to that time where I headed out for a half Ironman without my bike helmet, so. <laughs> Very easy to um, forget an integral piece of equipment. Yes, well, like, great job to Molly. That's awesome. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah. Well, in my my uh, so she's got a, a personal victory. I've got a personal failure to talk about, oh, no. which is not even a failure, but um, gosh, it's such a. It, uh, we've been using first world problems around here a lot. I feel like it's almost a cliche, but I need a haircut like nobody's been. I mean, you know, and, and it's it's especially apparent with shorter hair, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that people who have longer hair can really feel the intensity of how <laughs> yes. much I need a haircut right now. <laughs> and um, I mean, I went to Mexico. That was great. And I was like, okay, I've got this haircut. I've got this haircut. Well, guess when I scheduled the haircut? Oh, no, for when you're in Little Rock. 
Yes, I thought we were leaving on Thursday, oh. and in fact, we are leaving on Wednesday. Yes, and, we are. Um, and so I, and it was a cut and a color. Like I was going, oh. in and I was, oh. I was going to come out and look beautiful and polished and ready for yes. Little Rock to right? greet people. Yes, exactly. You were all in for the beautifying. <laughs> And I and I was like, oh, I'm gonna have all my work done, have everything prepared, and then I'm gonna go sit in the chair and read people, and then I'll get on a plane. And, and oh, everything just went to crap. So when I realized, I'm like, I literally, it was Friday night. I was lying in bed, and I'm like, I am not leaving on Thursday because people arrive on Thursday. So I am going to have to leave on Wednesday. And so I canceled that. Uh, alas, I'm just gonna be wearing my, you know, AMR trucker hat a lot. But yeah. it's just it's so hard because every time I look at myself in the mirror, I'm just like oh, I can't do anything with this mop. And it's, you know, I'm seeing all I see is gray. And so anyway, so if I have, looks like I'm having a bad day, bad hair day in Little Rock, either in person or in pictures, that is in fact the case. Um, I got to wait. I have to wait like another, you know, because I need a cut and a color, I have to wait like another like two weeks now. So by the time I finally get it, I'm going to be like, Oh my goodness. It's about four pounds when I, when I come out of there. Oh no, I gotta say it's funny because, uh, you know, my hair's a little longer than yours and, um, so I go through this period where I need a haircut and then if I can limp through for maybe another week, then it gets to a point where it finally gets enough weight to go, you know, uh, vertical instead of horizontally because I have really bushy full hair. And um, so I'm right at that stage where I could get a haircut, but if I can just kind of limp through and I'm like, no, the limp through time is going to be in Little Rock. <laughs> okay. So Sarah and I are off limits for pictures in Little Rock. We're yeah. not taking any pictures or if they are, they're from like, you know, neck down. Yeah. Um, but, right. but, but we'd be smiling on the inside, right? <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, so the um, the Molly scenario leads well into our topic for today because it's a Q&A that we have a fresh crop of questions that we garnered from our Facebook page. And a lot of them are about races, particularly marathons, because I, I wrote this about when I wrote the notes. I wrote, "'Tis the season of races." But after being in Austin, I do have to say a side note, Dimity, that we need to, um, we think, you know, living in places that have four seasons, we think of spring and fall as the big race seasons. But talking to those women in Austin, a lot of them were like, oh, yeah, now that the race season's winding down, I'm like, mm, it's late March. And I'm like, oh, I get it. In hotter places, winter is your big racing month or, you know, season. So, um, so anyway, so we are, um, the, you know, that so it's marathon questions, whether you're just winding down your race season or whether it's coming upon you. Well, I don't really think of the only marathon, and this is not the truth, obviously, because Molly just ran and these women are about to run. But I always think of spring as just Boston Marathon and then everything else is in the fall, which, oh. you know, is so far from the truth. But I just from, somehow have that in my head. But because oh. um, we have a lot of marathons out here in the Pacific Northwest in um, April and May. Oh, okay. Not yeah. well. And big, well, big Sur's in uh, April, so yeah. I mean, we could true. we could uh, litany and but... grandmas is in June. Mm-hmm. Grandmas, and, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. yes. You betcha. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Anyway, yeah. So the first question is comes from Martha, and she says, um, two weeks out from my marathon, and I'm already nervous. I'm sure I'll be a wreck by race day. Any advice for calming pre-race nerves would be great, greatly appreciated. Yeah. So, well, I thought of you immediately, Dimity, and what you did before our 2007 marathon. Um, oh, yeah. your when nerves was... on the planes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I looked, I pulled out. I mean, I was heading into the Nike Women's Marathon back in 2007 with, um, you know, one 16-mile run under my belt and, and a lot of, in, you know, a lot of uh, just coming off of an injury. Mm-hmm. And I was really nervous about going that far. And I pulled out my little, I had a runner's world training journal, uh, you know, a spiral bound one. And, um, I pulled it out and I looked at how hard I had worked and granted it wasn't the typical training mileage. It wasn't a lot of time on the road, but Holy cow, I worked my butt off. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I kind of got to this place where I was like, okay, well, you know what? It's not ideal, but this is exactly what I, I did all I could do. And, um, this is where I am now. So let's just go embrace the race. And, um, and so you can do that if you have a, you know, a, a pen and paper journal, if you have it on Strava, if you have it on training peaks, if you just have a training plan that you've just printed out and crossed off as you've gone along, mm-hmm. just go back and mentally review all the hard work you've done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not every run is going to have gone like perfectly. I mean, that's a given, right? So sure. maybe you have this like 17 mile in your head that was like, 
holy cow, that was just, you know, Mm -hmm. from H-E double hockey sticks. You know, I can't, you know, what if that happens on race day? But, but if you take the whole pie and Mm -hmm. not try to like, just look at the the pieces that have, that went bad, Mm -hmm. you know, you're like, holy cow, that is a huge pie. And I baked that whole thing myself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so you, you have, you can't, um, I mean, there's no way to get around the nerves, but there's ways to kind of soothe yourself and remind yourself of how the, all the hard work you've done. Yes. Yes. And I think talking it over with people talking out your anxiety about race day helps a lot because Molly and I ran for the last time before her race on Friday morning. And, uh, so, and I, um, she was only going three miles. So I ran a little bit beforehand. And so I had some time to think about it before I picked her up at her house and, and was asking her about it. And so, you know, I just, she's, every time she would voice a concern or, or express some anxiety, I just would respond with encouragement and reminders of how well she did and tips. And then she told me yesterday, you know, she said, oh, I heard your voice in my head when things were going rough at mile 23. And uh, so I think just talking it out with people because then also you get, you know, you, you telling your coworker about it and they'll start talking about when they were in some race or, you know, some hike or something that they, some athletic <laughs> they thing. Know that your coworker's going to say, and how far is a marathon again? And why are you doing this again? <laughs> right. So, you know, but. How far, no, how far is this marathon again, <laughs> yeah, right? Right. It's like 27.2, right? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So. Uh... Well, and then the other thing I just want to add is, is part of the reason why we race and set these big goals like marathons or a PR and a half marathon or whatever is to kind of feel alive and feel mm-hmm. that nervousness. I mean, there isn't a whole lot of things in life, you know, when you get to the point of a mother runner where. You get that like, oh, you know, can I do this? And, you know, and so, I mean, I, you know, not embrace it, but definitely like realize that, you know, this is part of the situation. This is part of the plan that you put yourself in and everyone else is feeling that way too, when you're standing on the starting line. And then the second you start cross the starting line, it's going to be gone like that. Your Mm -hmm. nerves are going to just go away and you are just going to focus on what the task ahead, because then you've got, then you'll find your rhythm and you'll just kind of in the, in the race will unfold as it's supposed to. But, um, but yeah, I, just remind yourself that, that it, it actually is kind of a fun thing because how often do you feel like that? You uh, race nerves, you well, know? I know. And, and it's exciting. I think about the song that really motivated you during a lot of your, I am training, you know, that song brave and, you know, race day is, you know, see how big your brave is that day and, yeah. and find out what you're made of. And that's what I told Molly. I said, you know, that, you know, I've joked that she's a sandbagger and I think that she was really underestimating what she was capable of and and so I was like you know go go show yourself what you can really do and she did you know so it's it's exciting if you say what you want to say so also on the mental side of racing comes this question from Paige how do you keep up the positive thoughts, especially at the end of a race? And, oh, that is the, that is the question that can either make those final miles, you know, go by or feel really, really dreadful and that, you know, that you're never going to get to that finish line. So, I mean, you and I are both big believers in mantras and having, you know, a word or phrase that means something to you. And, it doesn't have to be something that is universally motivating. It, you know, if, um, you know, red gumdrops is a phrase that for some reason fires you up, then think red gumdrops. But, you know, so, um, you know, Dim, you often do, what is it? You tell us your mantra, Dim. Ah, well, it changes. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't have one these days. Thank God I'm running. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I think that that's good. I mean, really, it's hard because, I, I think this is the hardest part of running and it, you know, to be honest with you, I'm not sure that I'm super mentally, I don't know that I keep up my positive thoughts, especially at the end of a race. I mean, that's definitely um, one of my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, and that's, and that's, it's hard. I, I have to say like, there's, there's, you know, there's all out balls to the wall racing. And then there's pushing yourself to a place where, yeah, I'm, I'm going harder than I thought I would. And this feels hard enough. And mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, honestly, I fall in that second camp because I have enough pressure in my life in every other respect. And if I'm going to like, you know, beat myself up over not, you know, completely emptying my tank every time I cross the finish line, like I just don't have the energy for that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, so I guess 
that's, I mean, so I don't mean to be a downer about that, but I just want to give that perspective and that like, you don't always just have to just be like, go, go, go all the time, you know, like, Mm -hmm. am I going harder than I wanted to? Good. Or am I going at a pace that works for me right now today? Then that works too. Um, you know, a couple things though, I mean, you know, so, so, um, a couple things that I do do during a race when I kind of feel myself flagging and, and going to a space that I don't want to go to, which mm-hmm. could be related to pace or not, is just setting really small attainable goals. And it's not, you know, breaking up um, a half marathon into five miles, five miles plus a 5k. Like mm-hmm. those chunks are not attainable to me. A half marathon is, you know, maybe, you know, 26 half miles if I'm doing really well, or, um, or it could be a gazillion thousand steps on a really bad day, you know? Mm-hmm. So just taking, you know, taking 30 quick steps or running until I get to the next aid station and then reevaluating, mm-hmm. um, just small stuff like that, you know, high-fiving kids or, oh, yeah. um, reading signs out loud or laughing at somebody or encouraging the person next to you. I mean, anything to kind of get out of your head. Yeah. I mean, the other thing that you need to do, um, Paige is to practice, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the thing, a mental training comes, it's a muscle like anything else. And so, as you get to those hard miles of a tempo run, put yourself mentally in the race and yeah. say, what am I going to do? Okay. I feel like total crap. Now I want to quit. My legs hurt. My lungs hurt. I can't find my rhythm, but I'm going on. So mm-hmm. what am I going to do to get myself to go on? Whether it's like finding an image, like Margaret Webb said, like finding a Fox, mm-hmm. whether it's turning your legs into wheels, whether it's, um, I don't know, whatever it is, whether it's that, you know, the believe mantra, whatever it is, but you've got to practice that. So every time you get into a tough spot during training, you kind of have a default. So when you get to that tough spot during racing, mm-hmm. you're good. You know where you're going to go. You're going to go to my legs are wheels, or I need to say the word believe or red gumdrops or whatever it is, because you can't just make it up on race day. Right, right. So one thing that I found really effective, and it was based on something I heard on NPR, and maybe I've said this before on the podcast, but it's just so I found it, it really helped me, which was to you know, positive self-talk. You've heard that before, but to put it in the third person, because there's been studies that show that when people do that, it's, it kind of distances themselves a little from the discomfort that they're experiencing. And then for some reason, they've just, scientists have found that it becomes more effective to refer to yourself that way. So when I was in the final miles of my, um, Victoria Marathon last fall, you know, I just was like, Sarah is strong. Sarah is strong. And, you know, Sarah, you got this. Sarah, you got this or whatever it was. And it just... Sarah is an NPR nerd. Sarah is an NPR nerd. (laughs) (laughs) So so that has worked for me. And also... um, Go back to something really basic, which is eat some sugar calories, take in some quick energy. That's the one that I like. That's the easiest one. (laughs) Did someone say red gumdrops? (laughs) Honestly, that is that is the first. You know, that's your first physiological response Mm -hmm. is when your body is shutting down and you're getting those negative thoughts is because your brain doesn't have enough sugar and your muscle or your muscles don't have enough sugar and Mm -hmm. your brain is trying to kind of shut them down slowly. So yeah. And your brain needs the sugar too. I mean, cause it doesn't have a stockpile. So it's, you know, it's going to be start binging out some negative thoughts. Um, so yeah, Molly was telling me how yesterday at mile 23, she was feeling really crummy and she stopped at the rest station and, you know, took in some chews that they had there, drank some sugary, you know, powery drink, something like that. And she was like, I felt so much better. <laughs> yeah. Funny Molly how that works. Is a sugar addict. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's totally, you know what, that's just the easiest thing. And then, so having a plan too, if your nutrition going in and then just sticking to that also makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when you start to get those negative thoughts immediately, just, you know, hit the gels, hit some sports drink with calories, hit whatever you've been training with mm-hmm. because you know, it, it can't hurt and it could definitely help. And, and as I told Molly, I mean, you, you may um, shoot me down for this one, but I kind of feel in the final mile or two or even three of a long race, I'll just take in the calories. And if, if I puke the second I cross the finish line, then so be it. But like I, given that I'm the size I am, I can handle, you know, more carbohydrates than some people can. And so it's like, Oh, I, you know, usually would not recommend doing a goo plus, you know, some Gatorade, but I'm like at mile 23 and a half, give me that goo and give me that Gatorade. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, absolutely. No, I definitely not shooting you down for that. No, I think that's really, 
um, that's just smart because you know what you need. Yeah. And just get them in there to get you across the line and deal with the ramifications of maybe taking in too many carbs after afterward. So you line for the porta potty. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor and then we'll be back with more questions. Um, this question comes up, comes to us from Kristen, who asks, um, I am running my first marathon on 510 Mother's Day, right? Is mm-hmm. that Mother's Day? That is Mother's Day. Oh, happy Mother's Day to us. Um, and I'm already starting to think about post-race running. Holy cow. Kristen, you need, you want to you come clean my house? <laughs> you got a little time on your hands? Um, I'm planning to take it easy for about a month after the race, but I'm wondering about maintaining fitness after that break. What sort of maintenance training do you recommend while in between training plans? Yeah. So, um, well, uh, first of all, I want to commend Kristen for already planning on taking it easy after the marathon because it's, you know, after a big, big effort like that, it is a big, big mistake to jump back into hard training right away that, um, you know, we've said it before, but take as many days off as miles you run after a long race like a marathon. So that, you know, marathon's 26.2 miles. At least this one was. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and your coworker knows about might be a different distance. <laughs> right. And so that, you know, you really need to take it kind of easy for close to a month after a marathon to, to regain your legs underneath you. Yet we're not saying just sit around and, you know, eat bonbons and catch up on, you know, Breaking Bad or something. So, um, or... Well, it's, it's now it'll be go call or Saul. What is it? Yeah, go, go call Saul. Go, better call Saul. Yeah, that's oh, funny. I was trying. I was trying to think of that, and on the spot, I couldn't because I opted. I, I I opted not to watch those. I just I'm like I let the Saul and Breaking Bad train pull out of the station. Um, I think a more timely. I think we should say Game of Thrones because you know that just restarted the season. A new season started last night. So you know, if you're like Jack, my husband, catching up on. Uh, game of thrones but um so so jack doesn't need an excuse to lounge around but people who have finished a marathon uh, might be looking for one um so but then you know the maintenance we get that question a lot and it really part of it depends on what your goal is after the downtime you know if you are not planning on you know if kristen's not planning on running a half marathon until you know a holiday half in december then her goal is going to be different if she is planning on a fall marathon or something so, you know, I kind of just ease back into runs that are after I've, you know, taken some time, I ease back into runs that are, you know, four to six miles long on the, on the weekdays and eight to 12 on the weekends. But, um, I definitely, if I don't have a race on the horizon, I mix in more cross training than I normally would. So that's the, you know, that's when I'll start swimming or now that it's getting nicer, that's when I'll maybe go on a bike ride on the weekend instead of a long run. Um, so are you able to remember, Dim, what you would do between races? <laughs> back in, back in uh, my last marathon, 2007. Um, yeah. No, I mean, you got, you gave the, the right advice. I mean, it really is, um, you know, take, give it, give yourself a break. Um, and then, you know, kind of see what, you know, at one point I really always wanted to be half marathon ready. That mm-hmm. was kind of like the way that I thought about my fitness Um, that, that goal has left the building, but, um, but I think, uh, you know, if you want to stay that way, you know, having one long run and not long, not being, meaning not over, I would say 11 or 12 miles, but doing one of those a week. Um, and then, like you said, sprinkling in shorter runs and, you know, keeping, it just really depends, you know, I mean, if you nailed your marathon and you want to, you know, maybe try to go even faster and six months and yeah, then, then start back in with your hill repeats, start back in with a training ploy and start back in. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to just hang, just say, okay, I have a goal of running, you know, 25 miles a week or 20 or 15 or whatever feels right for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's summertime and that's sometimes, sometimes it's easier to get in your miles in summertime. And sometimes it's harder depending upon your child situation and your work situation and how hot it is where you mm-hmm. live. And, yeah. you know, so yeah, that's a good point. The biggest, the biggest idea again is that what you already have is is making sure that you give your time, you give your body ample time to recover mm-hmm. after the race. Yeah, yeah. So Fran is about to run her first twenty six point two, woohoo! And it's in Pittsburgh, which uh, we need to make a plug that we know a lot of mother runners, including a lot of our um, previous Ragnar Relay teammates, are going to be there. And Adrian Martini's running the half. So there's... yes, well, and she's put together a get together. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, a meetup. Um, yeah, a meetup. Do you know the details? 
I do not, other than um, I can put a link to it. We will put a link to it in the write-up for this podcast. Okay, perfect. Yes. perfect. I know it's, it's either on Friday or Saturday night, yeah. <laughs> and it's at it's at a pub. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, take what you get from that, and, and we'll see you there. <laughs> <laughs> so, Adrian, yeah. So, um, so she wants to know, uh, she says she'll be traveling to the race and uh, quite a distance. She'll need to drive about four and a half hours Um after she finishes and she says short of stopping the car every 30 minutes to get out and stretch what can i do to ensure i don't get do more damage post-race and she makes the note that she'll be the passenger not the driver so you know my first thought is is it you know possible to foam roll or get um one of those freebie post-race massages before she gets in the car um, That's a great idea. Yeah, kind of. You want to wait in line for approximately half your life for a freebie Postmates massage. <laughs> well, have you, ever, have you ever done one of those? I have never. I've oh, done I them did. when they, they've been like a freebie to, you know, us at Disney because we got to be in like the special finishers tent, but. I did it um, Ogden when I was um, waiting for me. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, so yeah, I know you were. So it was because remember that was when my um, plantar fasciitis kicked in, and so I got one of those. I think we maybe both did. Because why would I have done it? And why would I have been like, okay, Dim, see you in a little bit. I'm going to go get a free post-race. I definitely, I, I really have no memory of me being on a massage table at a race course, oh. except for, like I said, that like that one time at Disney. Oh, okay. And, um, but I know that, you know, at Zuma races, they had, they had a really lovely area set up um, at Zuma, Texas. And there were, you know, of massages. And it was right across from the wine area. Um, so it well, was, you could grab some, some libation and wait in line. I mean, you know, the Oh, but no, but there wasn't, there wasn't all that long of a line. I was kind of crazy and it was outdoors and oh, it was very, you know, cue the tropical music. Yeah, it was lovely. So, um, so So Fran, is that, is that, is that enough advice for you? (laughs) So, um, and then, then there's also the, um, you know, get a, consider getting a stick-like device. Like Trigger Point has this new STK and it's small enough to pack even in a backpack or, you know, uh, certainly your luggage. And then you can use it in the car to roll out your quads, your calves, your feet, you know, your shoulders if they're kind of tight. Um, so particularly since she won't be driving, uh, we don't recommend using an STK while you're driving. Uh, <laughs> you're driving shift. STK shift. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. Oh, very uh, funny. Uh, uh, so. Um, yeah. I mean, so if you are the passenger and if there's only two of you in the car, one thing that I've done is I've sat in the back seat and like mm-hmm. stretched my legs out. I have long legs and, mm-hmm. um, and that, cause you know, just some, sometimes just sitting like in that kind of vent position mm-hmm. feels you know, it's fine for 10 minutes, but then over, you know, <laughs> about four and a half hours, it kind of adds up. So, um, so if that's an option or, you know, maybe doing half the car, half the ride in the front, half the ride in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that will help your muscles is compression after a race. Um, so putting on calf sleeves or socks, or if you have, you know, the full mama load tights, mm-hmm. um, um, we like the pro compression stuff. Um, which is, has all three of those um, options. But if it's summertime, I mean, I, I find that the sleeves are the best for after a race because I don't really like anything constricting my feet. I do. Yeah, same here. Because, uh, you know, then you can be wearing slides or, you know, clogs or whatever you want. and Or flip-flops mm-hmm. if you're more um, not quite as, you know, prim and proper <laughs> slides or claws. Oh, come on. I it's all some just plain old flip-flops. It's freaking May that she's talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I like Ufos. Those, those are flip-flops. So I have, I have a style of those. I just like something supportive to me. Flip-flops are what, you know, you, you buy. Maybe. Yes, exactly. And, you know, yeah. buy, buy three colors cause they're so inexpensive <laughs> and so flat. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And they see kids running down the street in those. And it's like, Oh, your arches. I can hear them screaming from here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, the good news and not the good news, but the the news in our house is that we all have feet big enough that those don't even go into our sizes <laughs> oh, anymore. Stop so, it. so we have to buy the the you know the manly like uh, sandals from REI that cost an arm and a leg. But um, but anyway, but so that's one thing. Um, and then also just like you know care from the inside of your muscles, as in drinking drinking um noon or chocolate milk for sure. Um, after right after the race just stuff to keep yourself hydrated. I mean, you should have to stop to pee a couple times, which mm-hmm. is a good sign. And if you're not, then drink. So you do have to stop to pee. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, in four and a half hours, I would probably personally, I would want to stop, uh, two, two or three times just yeah. to, yeah. to stretch. Yeah. I mean, and to pee hopefully, but 
you know, don't try to just like gun it the whole way home. Yeah, no, we, oh goodness, when we drove, when Molly and I drove back from Vancouver, British Columbia, that was a six hour drive, the the afternoon of the race. And uh, so when we did Victoria and we were going to be driving, she's like, you know what? I'm going to stay over the night after the race. <laughs> yeah, like, that's a good choice. Good yeah, choice. But, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember when, so after we did Nike Women's in 2007, you remember we drove up to Stinson Beach to have that oh, barbecue dinner. with friends? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. That's, and it's a really long, really technical drive. So it's not like you could put cruise control on at all. Yeah. <laughs> That was one of the few times that I drove in our relationship, Dimity. Yeah. Because I was used to driving on Highway 1. It's like, yeah, I'll do it. And then we get back to the hotel. And it's like, we basically have to like roll to the curb. And the valet's like, can I help you? No, it's okay. I got it. I'll get up soon. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, yeah, I kind of I had one of those little uh, luggage carts. Yeah, right. Get on that. You can push me up to my room. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, okay, so Tammy wants to talk toenails. I've gone a whole year since my last dreaded black toenail. A couple of weeks ago, I had to do a 13 miles. I had to do 13 miles in rain. And what do you know? My big toe is black. I ran a marathon this weekend, and now my second toe on the other foot is black and barely hanging on. All in time for flip-flop weather. <laughs> Hope they're supportive, Tammy. Um, Ugh, how can they be avoided? My running shoes are half size bigger than my normal ones, and I wore two different pairs. Yeah. Um, wow. Well, black toenails, I know them well. Um, (laughs) and, uh, yeah, I mean, I know a lot. I, I like to do a little D I always like to do, I don't like to do, I have performed a lot of DIY Mm -hmm. toenail surgery because it's not just the black toenail. It's like the underneath, usually you get a blister that really needs to be popped. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's nothing like putting a hot, (laughs) hot safety pin in there, you know, (laughs) I'm saving myself the insurance deductible. I'm not, I'm not paying that copay. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So, I mean, cause I, you know, what do you think it is that's caused you to have so many black tunnels? Cause I have done a dozen marathons and in that entire, t- oh, I know. And I've lost two toenails ever. Wow. Two. That's, that's yeah. good for you. So I thought you were going to say my feet are pristine. Yeah. No, no, um, no, no. So I think it's, I honestly think it's mechanics. I don't mm. think that there's anything that you can do or not do about it. Probably the rain, your feet sloshed around more than um, they would typically and then with that situation going into a marathon, mm. you know, then you, then you're kind of compromised a little bit. And that mm. sounds so, I don't know, Passing dorky, but I honestly think that that's the truth because I mean, up until I, um, had this latest foot injury, this plantar plate tear or strain or whatever it is, um, uh, my second toenail on my right foot was the one that bore all the brunt. Like that's just the way it went. And that's, that's the toenail that constantly went black. That's the constantly lost. Like that was just the one. And that's partly due to my mechanics. It's partly due to my foot genetics. Mm. Um, and so I don't, I, you know, I mean, there are ways to avoid it and like, you can, you know, body glide your feet a little bit or put Vaseline on them and see if that helps with it. But I don't think that, um, I just think it's one of those things that it's like chub rub, like, okay, yeah, you could lose 50 pounds and, you know, not have your thighs rubbed together. But the reality is, is it's just part of being a runner. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think though, I think she could consider, I know that going up half a size seems bigger than, you know, the, oh, boy, half size. But I think going up even a full size, because I wear a size 10 in regular dress shoes. Um, do people use the term dress shoes anymore? Um, if you do if you've got, you know, prim pumped. feet in. Um, and what, what's, and we wear slides, slides and claws <laughs> and not flip-flops. <laughs> Can I remind listeners that I used to be a, the footwear editor for Shape Magazine, so I'm very precise in my footwear language. Um, so, you know, but I wear, so I'm a size 10 in my regular everyday shoes, and but I wear a size 11 in Saucony running shoes. And so that's a full size up. Um, you know, you consider trying different socks. And also um, somebody wrote on our Facebook page about how she had to remember to like, you know, clip her toenails because she found that if her toenails got even a tiny bit too long, then that aggravated and kind of caused more black toenails, which would make sense because then there's, you know, a little thing to catch on your socks sure, and kind of sure. monkey with things. So I thought that was good advice. Yeah. So, so yes. But I think, yeah. And then otherwise just, you know, Paint, you know, the, so then if, if you do lose them, you can just paint toenail polish or, you know, fingernail polish or nail polish, I guess. Uh, <laughs> that's that's what they call it in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> polish? Just paint polish just over your skin. You know, if you're wearing flip-flops or sandals on a night out, you know, just, just 
slap a little pink on there and no one's going to know the difference whether or not you have a toenail or not or if it's black or not right right oh my goodness or just wear just wear black polish yeah if they're studying your feet that that closely there's another problem that you need to deal with more than your black toenail oh my goodness all right well bethany asks how do you set realistic time goals and when do you know that you've set too aggressive of a goal so, I mean, I think one important thing. Thank God for technology in this one, right? Oh, this, yes. This is one where I'm not like, ah, yeah, lose the GPS, but <laughs> instead like head straight to Macmillan calculator or another one, right? Yes, yes. So like free apps like Race Pace, which can tell you what your paces you should run for a specific distance in training, as well as also then pr- can predict so that, you know, let's say you ran a 10K last month and you have a half marathon next month. You put in your 10K time and it, you know, then tells you magically what your 5k at that point would be your your half marathon a marathon and the key to that is putting in recent results you know that you, you can't be like oh well you know when i was 30 uh 15 years ago <laughs> I, ran I, ran a, I ran a 151 half marathon that, that should work right yeah no so that does not work so yeah so putting in that um, you know, a recent time into a free app or Greg McMillan's race calculator, which we just, we love that calculator. Um, and then also you could, uh, take your times on the track or doing mile repeats, which aren't quite as fun as putting them into, um, a little <laughs> handy dandy yeah, app. Quite, you know, work. So, you know, that's, you know, we actually want to run to figure out your times or if you just want to sit at the keyboard. Yeah. Um, we put, we talk in train like a mother about, um, Jeff Galloway's magic mile, mm-hmm. which is, um, another way to track yourself. And you could either Google that or, or check out the pages in train like a mother about the magic mile, but that's, that's a, a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, there, there's a, there's definitely, um, you know, you can push that a little bit. So, you know, whatever, say your, say your half marathon time comes up to two fifteen, um, and you've got three months before that, you know, before your race day, before your half marathon race day, your 10 K predicts at two fifteen. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have a pretty aggressive training plan and you, you know, are, don't slack too much, you know, maybe you can bring that down to a two ten or, you know, somewhere between a two ten and a two fifteen. So mm-hmm. it's not like that, that number is written in stone. It's just a good guideline of, Hey, if you were going to take off tomorrow for a half marathon, this is likely what you'd get based on your 10 K time. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's not a prognostic prognosticator that, that is unchangeable. So certainly trainings say, for example, following another mother runner plan on training peaks, for instance, they, they, that could definitely help you get faster and, you know, figure out whether, you know, then your goal can be realistic or not. So, um, okay. gosh, how many more, how many more do we have time for there? Do you think two or one uh, or two? One or two. Yes. One or yes. two. Okay. Let's go. Um, to our friend Laurel um, from north of the border, she's asking about juggling training with a busy schedule. I'm traveling more and more for work lately, and it's hard to stick to a training schedule. A hotel gym is great, but tough on four hours sleep. I'm trying to figure out if I have to drop a workout, um, which is the best I should drop. Um, if she should drop like a speed one, a distance one, or a cross training one. Um, if she should drop one like for the whole training cycle, like I'm not doing any speed, I'm not doing any distance, or should she mix it up? Mm. Um, I'm leaning towards dropping the cross training and I'm training for a half, a 15K and a 10K all within six weeks. Well, Laurel, first of all, I'm glad you're being really easy on yourself because <laughs> you're working, traveling on and getting four hours of sleep. And so, yeah, I think three races within six weeks of each other is, uh, you know, <laughs> are you badass enough? No, I know Laurel, I can give her a hard time, but that is really ambitious. So I would say just be sure to take care of yourself above all else, Laurel. Well, that's nice. That's very Dimity-esque advice. And that's mm-hmm. straight from your heart. And I, I mean that sincerely. That is a Dimity way of looking at things. And I appreciate that. Um, as I know, listeners do as well. Um, so <laughs> now Sarah's like, and so now how, are you gonna, how fast are you going to run? So, you know, um, it, it also, though, depends on what, what you know, Laurel's goal is at those races. And if it's to finish you know, I would suggest dropping speed workouts maybe every other week and dropping out cross training every other week. So alternate which one you drop. Um, And, you know, but given that she has three races coming up, do not bail on the distance workouts because those are what's going to carry Laurel across the finish line. And, you know, our train like a mother plans have, 
Um, you know this, Dimity, but I'll tell the other people who might not know. I've never, I've never said this before. There's a coffee cup that means you can bail on it. Yes. And a water bottle, which means you must do it. But people love that. I mean, it's and it's honestly the only training plan. I Well, there may be others. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I, I don't know many that build in that kind of flexibility. Right, right. Yes. And, and uh, our, our hamstrings aren't flexible, flexible, but our, our training, but our training plans are. Hey, these are all great lines. You know, they should be in a book somewhere, Dimity. <laughs> um, I think that's a good idea. I mean, dropping the speed and then maybe dropping the cross training, going between those two. I mean, the only thing about the speed workouts, and especially if you are at a hotel and you have access to a treadmill is they go fast. And you've got the treadmill to, you know, not let you slack on, you know, if you want to maintain a certain pace. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I would almost, if you can do it, like schedule those speed workouts while you're traveling, Um, even though they're physically demanding, they're best for the situation you're in. That's a really good call, particularly because, you know, if she's committed to like a a class of that she does for cross training or spinning or something like that, that would be hard to get in in a gym. Whereas, you know, oh, look, I have a treadmill, just three floors, an elevator ride away. And then I get ice afterwards to fill up my water bottle. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's Starbucks just a few steps away in the hotel (laughs) lobby. This is beautiful. (laughs) Oh, my. Oh, my. All right. We're getting punchy. What's our last one? We got a choice between two here, Sarah. Yeah. You know, I really I added Heidi's question kind of late. Um, because I can totally relate to it. So, so I'm going to choose that one, and it's the flip side of racing. Okay. Um, how to convince others that I am enjoying my runs more now that I am not training for a race? I get strange looks when people find this out that I run because I want to, not because I'm training for a half. And this really struck a, a number of chords with me. One, I was going to be trying to run 2015 without running any races. I don't think I've ever admitted that to you, Dimity, that that was you my that, that was my goal oh my for God. 2015. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just because, um, you know, um, you know, maybe this makes people want to kick me in the head, but I really do love running. And I was just going to see if the love of running could carry me through a year. And, um, you know, there's some, write a book about I was about to say there's some book title in there and I'm going to be on NPR for that book, not for our three books. Right. (laughs) Runners high, 365 days of freedom. Oh my gosh. There's Dimity like wringing my neck as soon as I step away from that. Why didn't our books get on? Um, (laughs) um, so yes. Um, and you know, but, but, and also, I don't know whether it's because I live in Portland, which is a very running centric place. And, you know, I'm sure you get the same thing in Denver and Boulder and all that stuff is that people are always, Oh, what are you training for? What are you training for? And, um, you know, it happened to me just yesterday. I ran into somebody I knew and she was like, Hey, what are you training for? And I'm like, Oh, sometimes I'm not training for something. I'm just like nothing. Like it just sort of seems like kind of a, not a very exciting, interesting answer. <laughs> I just, I, I say life. That's a good oh. answer. What are you training for life? And then oh, it gets a good chuckle and uh-huh. that's a good, you know, because it honestly is you're training for to keep your life, you know, strong, happy, positive for a mm-hmm. longer life, for a better life. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, those are all valid reasons. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then the other thought I had is, you know, Heidi, just, you know, don't let the strange looks bother you. You know, Heidi's out there, like we all are getting it done. And, you know, probably a lot of those people asking that question are not. So, you know, just, I don't know, just tell them to or wank. Just be judgmental of them, right? <laughs> right. Right. And just tell them to wank off and, you know. Yeah. Tell them to wank off. That's a good one, Sarah. <laughs> Glad we ended on that one. Yes. Yes. Um, But, you know, one thing I did want to bring up that before we head out, I want to, we have some parties coming up, don't we, Dimity? So I think we need to um, remind people what dates we have our parties. Okay. Yes. Okay. So. um, Well, don't ask me because I can't schedule a haircut (laughs) on the right day. So you better run down the list. Yes. So here is where you can join us for uh, another Mother Runner book party, which, um, are you get a swag bag full of amazing you know tuba noon some goo some balega socks some highlands homeopathic stuff i mean they are laden they are really stockpiled with stuff and there we have giveaways from all our partners and it's a, an amazing chance to just meet other mother runners <laughs> in your community don't just come for the prizes and the swag i mean or if you do don't tell us that because that kind of hurts our feelings but no i mean they're just a great great time of you just kind of feeling very connected and very alive and you leave very motivated to, to go out the next morning. Yes. Get your, get your miles in. Exactly. Yes. So some places you can see Dimity in Atlanta on April 28th, 
on um April and I'll be with um sorry I'm interrupting you yes, again but nope. I'm with uh, Meredith Atwood of Swim Bike Mom so she's going to join us at the Atlanta party yeah that's so I'm excited to um to have her read part of her essay and uh, connect with her yeah that's gonna be awesome and then April 28th same day we're not going to be there but there's going to be a party in Philadelphia at a store that we just love called Indigo Sky and then on May 7th, Dimity, you are once again uh, the host with three contributors from the book. Actually, four, four. Four. Oh, my goodness. Four. four. I know. <laughs> it's going to be like a 17-hour party. <laughs> um, I mean, one of those days where they read uh, James Joyce, you know. Ulysses. They, they uh -huh. read Ulysses. Yeah, it'll be that. The Mother Runner version of that. <laughs> Bloomsday, yeah. That's so funny. So, um, so, yes, so that's in Boulder on May 7th, and that's at the Training Peaks headquarters. On May 18th, we're going to be in Cincinnati, Ohio. On May 19th, we're going to be in Indianapolis. We're still looking for locations for those parties, as well as on still looking for a place on May 20th. We're going to be in Milwaukee. On May 21st, we are going to be in the Twin Cities. We're going to be in Minneapolis at Mill City Running. Then the following week, you are going to be... My gosh, Jimmy, you're doing... I'm going to be on the floor. <laughs> right. We're going to scrape you, you off want to come visit me i'll be on my kitchen floor yes lying next to me so we are going to uh, you are going to be in richmond virginia on may 27th at lucky foot and at the midlothian location i guess it's outside a little outside of richmond and then on may 28th you're going to be at fleet feet gaithersburg so and all of the and get the Zuma Annapolis race that weekend. Yes, you will. Oh, and I'm oh please if we get started on what races we're going to be at. Oh my goodness, I have the like full on uh, Pacific. I'm the Pacific Northwest gal going to the Bloomsday race the first weekend in May. I'll be at Hippie Chick on the day before Mother's Day. Um, Rock and Roll Portland the following weekend. Memorial Day, I'm nowhere, and then um, I am at Happy. <laughs> I'm nowhere. You're on your floor. <laughs> yeah, um, in, a, in a dark room with the quiet music playing, uh, and then the following weekend, I'm in Bend at the Happy Girls race. Uh, yes. Oh yeah. No wonder you're not training for a race. I mean, that's the other thing I I often say is. You know, this is my half marathon. Like when I'm at a party or, you know, mm -hmm. at an expo, this is my marathon. Yeah. It's, you know, oh, that's good. That's good. You need like a shirt that says, this is my marathon. I like it. Yeah. So, so you can see mention of all these events on our website. There's um, an AMR in person link on there. You know we what, Sarah? I just changed the, um, changed it so it's really easy to to share it's anothermotherrunner.com slash join us nice dim well That's done great. well yeah. done um how timely is that um so great well so but uh and we do oftentimes mention on our facebook page so it would be great if you could like our facebook page which is run like a mother of the book our websites are anothermotherrunner.com and motherrunnerstore.com on twitter and instagram we are at the mother runner our three books, Run Like a Mother, Train Like a Mother, and Tales from Another Mother Runner, are available on Amazon as well as at local bookstores. And Anywhere quality ma reading material is sold. <laughs> yes, yes. And um, whether you're training for a race or not, many happy miles to you. I'm training for life. <laughs> <laughs>